everybody. Uh, you may have noticed, well, you may not have noticed, I don't know how many fans are out there, but, but we've been gone for quite a while. It's called a hiatus. Professionals take them occasionally. And Derek and I are both professionals now. And that was part of the reason that we went on break. I did some moving. Derek did some moving. We're both in new jobs. It's been a, uh, an incredible time to be alive. That's what I like to say. Derek, I think you'd agree. Great time to be alive. Yeah, a good time to be alive. Uh, you know, had to take a little bit of a, a break and move like 1,300 miles south. But hey, well worth it. And just, you know, glad to be connected again. Derek is in the Sunshine State. I'm in the Hoosier State. That is Indiana. And, uh, well, no, that is Florida and Indiana, respectively. I about said that backwards. <laughs> we are amateurs, obviously. And uh, true to our amateur status, we both don't have microphones. I mean, we do have microphones. We're just not using them. I left mine at work. Uh, Derek's is, is all janked up, I think. I don't know what was going on with that. But all things considered, I think it's, uh, it's a good time to, to update each other on our lives. And it's a good time to delve into what it means to be a Michigan football fan right now. I love the atmosphere I love the uh, the social media has, has come back to like where it was in, in 2015 and 2016. It's just been a I've been riding a high, and I'll I'll tell you I don't want to break any mojo, but I have not tweeted once about Michigan football this season. I didn't do it through the first few weeks without really realizing it, and. Uh, now we're at a point where it's is superstitious, definitely. So that's uh, that's everything that's new with me. Derek, how's it feel to be a Michigan football fan right now? Feels good. I'll tell you, Craig, uh, who I do divine intervention with, kind of the same way. He, since we haven't been podcasting, he feels like Michigan's uh, been better. So he would uh, like to maybe keep it that way and not podcast potentially for the rest of the season because he's convinced when the divine intervention does not have an episode, Michigan plays really well. But it is really fun to uh, be a Michigan fan, still active on Twitter myself, uh, tweeting about Michigan football, obviously running the Wolverine Sounds page, tweet a lot about Michigan football. But when we talk about 2016 compared to 2018, it's actually the perfect time to come back after a break because in 2016, Michigan also visited Rutgers and beat them 78-0. to zero. So if you want to just kind of compare like that, do I think this 2018 is going to beat Rutgers 78 to nothing on the road? No. Does that mean that they're not as good as the 2016 team? No. However... What a, what a great way to start comparing the two uh, with a game uh, that was on the schedule just two years ago. You know, you're right. This is a great time to be comparing the two seasons. And that's something that I hadn't even thought about, honestly. I mean, of course, I remember 78-0 and the, the game that, that was uh, – it was ugly weather, if I remember right. And, and the very beginning of the game was like – it looked like it was going to be ug- ugly – but then those two minutes passed, and it was all sunshine after that. Do you think, or I should ask, do you feel as optimistic at the at this point in the season as you felt in 2016? See, it's, it's puzzling because 
I would say yes. Uh, I feel like maybe more hope this year to finish strong uh, than that year, but we also know what happened in 2016, uh, falling apart against Iowa, uh, and really that ruined the rest of the season and everything good that was going. And so it's tough to not compare to what we know 2016 turned into, but I think the difference uh, even though that season was really incredible in a lot of ways and a national championship caliber season, mostly throughout to the end, I feel like this team this year compared to the 2016 team is trending upwards uh, at a faster rate and a more obvious note than maybe the 2016 team. Well, 2016 was a solid team, uh, great defense, offense was clicking, and you really had some confidence week after week, the 2018 squad, I honestly feel like a lot more confidence week after week. And so it's going to be a really weird couple of weeks with Rutgers and Indiana. These are teams you're just hoping not to make mistakes against, uh, hoping not to overlook them to Ohio State. Uh, Obviously, you got to take care of business, but the way Michigan's taking care of business really since losing to to Notre Dame, and more specifically uh, in this big three-game stretch against Wisconsin, Michigan State, and Penn State, you have to feel better about the 2018 team, in my opinion. I, I think I agree, but maybe not very strongly, because the way I see it is, is Michigan's season, if we're going to pretend it's a roller coaster, okay, it's going up, and it's been going up for a while, we don't know where the peak is. All we know is that it's trending upward. And if you look back at 2016, the 2016 team at the same point where everything's going up and you just hope that it continues to do that, I can't really differentiate my feelings. I think the 2018 team is better, but that's not to say I feel way more optimistic about this team's chances to win the Big Ten or go to the college football playoff. Uh, Ohio State losing to Purdue certainly helped, and they seem to be more vulnerable than that 2016 team. So maybe that plays a little bit of a role. But when when I compare just the points in the season where you're hoping things don't fall off, everything seems to be going upward, it's really hard to differentiate my level of optimism. It just really is. Yeah, the other thing, and, and there's obviously a few differences uh, between the competition in general uh, in 2016 and 2018, if you're looking at every, everything from both sides of the Big Ten uh, to Ohio State uh, to Michigan State, uh, definitely Michigan State for the 2016 season. Uh, and so I kind of look, you look at the Rutgers as, okay, uh, maybe not as good, if you don't score 78 points and blank Rutgers, well, I think Rutgers is a better team. I don't think Michigan will have any trouble, but what you can really circle every year is the Michigan-Ohio State uh, mashup. And I think that this year, Michigan seems to actually be uh, the better team. In 2016, Michigan was definitely capable of beating Ohio State and almost did beat Ohio State, but I still think Ohio State... Uh, overall was the better team. Uh, And so I I think I had less confidence in 2016 going into the Ohio State game, Uh, less confidence after the loss on the road to Iowa. Michigan still almost pulled it off, uh, and and a lot of people's minds uh, were a call away from from winning that game. 
And this year, just watching Ohio State enough and seeing the meltdown at Purdue, and, and yes, Purdue played out of its mind, uh, this weekend specifically, Michigan State, Ohio State, I think will really kind of look, give us a look at kind of what we're going to see Ohio State be as the season ends. Because Ohio State still has a chance to trend up. I was watching the college football playoff show, and a lot of people aren't talking about Ohio State, but they were eventually mentioned as a team that controls its own destiny, sitting at 10, and with a win over a, a really good Michigan team and winning the Big Ten championship, that's a team that could still find themselves in the playoffs. So no one's writing Ohio State off by any means, but for some reason this year I have more confidence in the Wolverines beating the Buckeyes on the road than I did in 2016, as close as they ended up being. You know, it's kind of crazy to think about right now at this point in the season is Michigan doesn't have an Iowa left on the schedule. Like in 2016, that Iowa team was not great, but they weren't like a bad team. It was a team that Michigan lost to, and you saw how it happened. If Michigan loses to Rutgers or Indiana, it will be the result of a total implosion. Like the universe will have shifted course. Something, a cosmic event will have to happen in order for Michigan to lose to Rutgers or Indiana. And then, of course, there's Ohio State. So, you know, there's there's not a middle-of-the-road team left on Michigan's schedule unless you want to look ahead to a possible Big Ten championship game against, like, Northwestern or you know, even Iowa, I guess, Wisconsin, you know, it's like these middle of the road teams aren't on Michigan's schedule the rest of the way until you look ahead to a possible Big Ten championship game. That to me is just kind of weird to think about that Michigan's going to probably run through two teams in a row and then get to the season defining game against Ohio State. And that's really it. That's that's all that's left. And then it's you go on to what you've earned. It's it's a. Uh, Kind of relieving, actually. I, I feel I feel less stressed right now than I think I would if if Iowa or, or Northwestern was still left on the schedule. Yeah. So in 2016, uh, Michigan came off of that really slow moving 14 to seven win against Wisconsin, and then traveled the Rutgers uh, and won 78 to nothing. Also uh, buried. Uh, Illinois uh, beat Michigan State by a margin that was uh, bigger than the score showed uh, and then uh, destroyed Maryland. And then, yeah, that loss, uh, that loss to Iowa. And, and that was such a surprising loss because the way Michigan was beating teams in 2016, similar to the way they've been beating uh, teams in the last three games and, and really all season in terms of at least the, the winning games outside of what Northwestern Northwestern was a, a three point game, uh, a game that they came from behind, but that Indiana game, that was the snow game uh, where it snowed like crazy. Uh, that was a really, really weird game. Uh, John O'Corn was the quarterback. Uh, and then you really kind of lost your confidence because of the loss to Iowa, not looking good against Indiana, not knowing Wilton Spate's uh, status necessarily. And then to be that close at Ohio State, double overtime, heartbreaking loss, uh, it really kind of uh, turned the season altogether and then ultimately the loss to a ranked Florida State team. So this season, I think because what you mentioned, having what seems to be easier uh, opponents on the schedule 
after a very tough three-game stretch in four weeks, I feel like Michigan is in a much better place. You don't have that really trap game. Some people look at Indiana and say it could be a trap game. I think because it's Michigan's last home game and the way the atmosphere has been in Ann Arbor this season, I think Michigan has no problem in either contest. And, yeah, it's just being ready to travel to Columbus, knowing how close you've been uh, a couple of years in a row, especially two years in a row, and then finally taking care of business, something that the 2016 team was unable to do. Uh, And if you end the season with one loss heading into a Big Ten championship, you're going to look back at the 2018 team being way better than the 2016 team, even with as many positive things as the 2016 team showed. You know what that 2016 team never had was two really tough weeks in a row. I'm looking back at the schedule now, and I don't see any two weeks in a row or two games in a row that really tested Michigan. Where, of course, in 2018, they just went through that Wisconsin-Michigan State-Penn State. Granted, when we were looking at that in September, it looked a lot more daunting But to still go through three ranked opponents in a row, two of them were blowouts. The third against Michigan State was handled pretty easily, even though it wasn't a blowout. That's something that, you know, we can't say for sure that the 2016 team couldn't have done, but I'm not sure they would have handled it that well. Certainly, you know, probably not offensively handled it that well. I mean, putting 38 up on Wisconsin and 42 up on Penn State. I just can't see that team doing that. But this team did it. And we were all so worried about that part of the schedule, thinking, you know, maybe Michigan go like two and one. We can be happy with that. But uh, as the season progressed, it got pretty clear Michigan's got a real chance in those three games. And they did it. Not something that I think two years ago would have happened. Yeah, I mean, you can click back probably not too long ago because we missed so many weeks of, of podcasting, and we probably talked about being happy with 2-1 and one and how Michigan would be in trouble if they went 1-2 and two in those games. Like you said, they not only went 3-0, and oh, uh, they did it in dominating fashion. And, and the thing for me that makes the season uh, such a higher quality season than 2016 is, again, that stretch of games that they had uh, and the way that they're winning. And I know that Wisconsin is now unranked uh, and struggling in, in, in many ways, uh, which is actually really surprising to me. Uh, and they still have a chance to, to win some games and kind of rebound a little bit. But beating Wisconsin the way Michigan did, a lot of people talked about this uh, after that game, and it's kind of a distant memory now being a few weeks ago, uh, mid-October. But no one beats Wisconsin like that. And, and to do it that way and in that fashion was really impressive. It was on both sides of the ball to beat Michigan State in a, in a very emotion-driven day. And then, yes, to crush Penn State uh, and, and really just allow that score at the end, uh, that was even a more dominating game than 42-7 to seven, uh, shows. And so the way that they've done it this year is unlike what we saw in 2016, in my opinion, mostly because, like you mentioned, They didn't have those back-to-back really tough weeks uh, that year like they do this year. And so they're trending upward, and they're doing it during a time that makes it the most impressive because of the last three opponents on the schedule. And that, to me, is 
a sign that this team actually not only has a chance to beat Ohio State, not only has a chance to finally make the Big Ten championship game, but to be a legitimate candidate for the college football playoff. But I say that knowing that very well, like 2016, you could slip up against a team you're not supposed to lose to, uh, not finish against Ohio State like Michigan hasn't been able to do most of the last decade or basically all the last decade, and, and things could turn for the worst very quickly. Do you see disappointment coming up for Michigan, either in the form of an enormous upset in these next two weeks against Rutgers in Indiana or in a loss to Ohio State? More likely a loss to Ohio State. The one thing that I am going to be curious to see is, let's put it this way, if Michigan doesn't win convincingly at Rutgers or at Indiana, say it's a game, even like a Northwestern, people are willing to forget about Northwestern because of what Michigan has done recently. And Northwestern has looked pretty good uh, against teams this season. Uh, and seems to be in a pretty good place as a program themselves. But say it's a 24-10 to 10 victory over Rutgers. That obviously doesn't look as good as what Michigan did over Penn State. And so I start to worry with Georgia looming and Oklahoma looming. You almost feel like Michigan has to can not only continue dominating, but also obviously win the rest of its games to make the college football playoffs. So first, I'd like to see the conversation when um, maybe the weather sucks and, and Michigan struggles not to beat the team, but doesn't look as dominating or convincing as a top-four team as they've looked in the last four weeks. And then against Ohio State, what happens if they lose a close one? What happens if they dominate Ohio State? Because dominating Ohio State, I think, will go a long way. And then you could even look forward to the Big Ten Championship because Michigan has a really good chance of playing in it, especially if Ohio State slips up against Michigan State. Ohio State could beat Michigan, and Michigan would still be in the Big Ten Championship if that was the case because they don't have another conference loss. So there's a lot of scenarios here. I think most likely Michigan doesn't beat Ohio State just because of the history and the lack of success Michigan has had. But I think somewhere in the next few weeks we'll see something that concerns us, but I don't think it will be enough to lose the confidence maybe we have so far. So you think Michigan is going to lose to Ohio State this year? I don't think Michigan is going to lose to Ohio State, but to answer your question and to think it's likely, I'd say that's the most likely to happen, followed by a Big Ten championship loss. But if I had to rank an order of could happen, I'd go with Ohio State. I really don't see Michigan slipping up in the next two weeks. However, I will be curious to see what the reaction is if they only have, say, a 10, 14, 20-point victory over lesser opponents. Okay, we've got a couple minutes here, and I want to go a little bit off topic because you mentioned the playoff rankings. I think that even if Notre Dame wins out, if Michigan keeps winning, they have a real chance to jump them, especially if they go on and win a Big Ten championship. And I'm thinking about Notre Dame being in some ugly to at least not very pretty games that they're winning. Of course, they're undefeated. But they're not going to have Ian Book at quarterback this Saturday against Florida State. I think I saw that today on Twitter. They're going to have to go back to Wimbush, who really struggled against Michigan, or struggled to put that game away at least. I think Michigan has a real chance to jump Notre Dame, even if Notre Dame keeps winning. What about you? 
Yeah, I think, again, depending on how Michigan wins. So, assuming both teams win out, Michigan wins the Big Ten Championship, which would provide kind of an advantage against Notre Dame, in my opinion. I think Michigan has to win convincingly the next two weeks. I think they have to beat Ohio State. Maybe not convincingly, but uh, a game where it's clear that Michigan's going to win four, seven minutes left in the ball game. Uh, And then I think you've got to dominate uh, the Big Ten Championship. Because if Notre Dame wins out, I'm just not sure they will take a one-loss team over an undefeated team because of the reaction that would... Well, I could see them doing it, like, say, if it's Alabama, if Georgia beats Alabama. I don't see it happening if it's Michigan, only because it's Notre Dame and, and they do have an undefeated season. However, like you said, they've struggled, and the opponents on their schedule, really any other year in history, you'd think, wow, what an incredible schedule, uh, a resume, strength of schedule that was. Florida State, Stanford, I mean, all the teams that they usually play that are good just aren't playing that well this year. And they got Michigan at its weakest moment, first game of the season with a new offensive scheme, and took advantage of that as well. So I think Michigan is the better team than Notre Dame. And I think Michigan would beat Notre Dame if able to play again. I just don't see the committee uh, taking a one-loss Michigan over an undefeated Notre Dame uh, because of that head-to-head. And that jockeying between number three and number four will be huge as long as Alabama and Clemson stay 1-2. Not that you know, you're looking at Clemson as a scrub, obviously, but you'd rather play Clemson than Alabama. And if you're number three, which Notre Dame is right now, that's the current matchup. Michigan would much rather be playing Clemson, I I guarantee, than Alabama, even though, of course, they would never admit that. It just seems like it makes sense. So do you have anything to add before we leave? When I look at the college football playoff, they always put up the stats of this is how many teams stayed when it was initially released or in its second week, how much things have changed. And for me, I think the best part is it's really straightforward, unless – Honestly, Georgia uh, beats Alabama or Oklahoma crushes West Virginia a potential couple of times. I feel like Michigan is pretty safe. You just have to win football games. And you know what? You're asking a lot out of a team under Jim Harbaugh and the many years before that was unable to prove itself. But this finally feels like the team that can actually do it. Not just a pipe dream of, hey, Michigan's good. They're now contender for a national championship. Fans have always been that way. Every season you look at Michigan as a national championship contender and hope it's going to play out. This year it could play out that they make it to the playoffs. I don't want to get into the fact that could they even beat Alabama or a Clemson, but for me the best part is if you just keep watching them win on Saturdays, that's all that matters, and that means that they're putting themselves in the best position possible to finally make the college football playoff. And, and for Jim Harbaugh to finally get some respect uh, that he hasn't gotten uh, from from many others. All right, for our first time back, that wasn't too bad, right? Ah, not bad, not shabby. I, I'm I'm only slightly trembling. I'll put it that way. <laughs> so they, hey, hey, thanks for checking us out on the Go Blue Crew. You can follow us on Twitter at, well, you can follow me at Ty underscore Fenwick. Follow Derek at Divine Identity. Thanks for checking us out. Go Blue. Hope Michigan doesn't stumble. <laughs>